This is one of my favorite parts of the New Testament because it mentions the Scythians. Uh, Barbara read that word Scythian very well, perfect pronunciation. Um, you may not know who Scythians are. Maybe you do. Um, in ancient Greece, they were the cops. Um, in ancient Athens, they are the guys who round up all the citizens when they have to go vote. The Scythians uh, would um, have a long rope and they would dip it in red dye and red or red powder. I'm not sure if it was a liquid or a powder. And then they would stretch the rope across the agora, the, the marketplace. It's where we get the word agoraphobia, the fear of crowds. We all sort of maybe have a little bit of that now. Um, big groups of people packed together. And they would spread that rope, red rope, across the agora and then drag it across, like at waist level, and force every all the men to go into, to stop their philosophizing and go into the assembly where they would vote, they would hear speeches, and then vote on different measures in democratic Athens. Um, and if you had red rope, um, or red dye on your pants, or excuse me, on your robe, the Greeks didn't wear pants, uh, they you would be uh, sort of called out and, and owe a fine because you were the last one in. It was a way of getting people to vote. Um, the city of Austin is voting today. Travis County, I'm not sure where else, um, is voting, uh, or at least early voting happened. And we, there's three, there's three um, big blocks of voters in America. There's a big block of Republican voters. There's a big pro block of Democrat voters. And there's a big black, big block of non-voters, people that don't vote ever. And um, that's the people that they were trying to crack down on in Athens. The Scythians, though, were not Greek. They were a nomadic uh, people group that occupied the steppes of Russia, the great plains that are now um, part of the, were part of the Soviet Union and Russia all the way out to Mongolia. They were a, a group of warrior uh, nomads. They did not have houses. Um, they, they had small tents they would set up. They had some wagons they would carry behind their big raiding bands. And they were raiders. They would raid other territories. And because they were pretty good at warfare, the Greeks employed them as police officers. Um, in most, of, uh, Greek, in most of the Greek plays, especially Sophocles plays like Oedipus Rex, you may have heard of that one. Um, you may have heard of Ajax. Um, some of these big plays that are still being performed and po are popular. The Scythians are the drunk policemen. They're constantly drunk. Um, they're constantly inept. They are the bumbling idiots of these plays. They're, they were not held in very high regard because they were fish out of water. They were people who had grown up on horseback, they had been mighty warriors, and then they had sort of been domesticated by the Greeks to perform these duties that nobody else wanted to perform for them for money. And on the steps, they drank mares, fermented mare's milk. You can still get some of this in Afghanistani restaurants, if you find the right one. Um, fermented mare's milk is slightly alcoholic, and uh, it tastes exactly like it sounds. Uh, <laughs> Whereas, um, and they get to Greece and everybody's drinking wine, 
which is much more alcoholic than fermented mare's milk. And so their, even their alcoholism was part of the, the change from a nomadic to a sedentary lifestyle. So the Scythians that Paul mentions here are not the high class people. They are the people who used to live out in the open plains and now have been domesticated. So when the Greeks would run into them, they would usually have a drinking problem. They would usually be people that were not doing well in the Greek society. And there they are, um, mentioned as in this group. The other thing the Scythians were, were Amazons. The legends of Amazons, these mythic warrior women from the Cappadocian region that Herodotus and other ancient historians mention, mention the Amazons. Um, a lot of it was hagiography and made-up stories about these women who uh, went to war and left their men at home or killed their men and went off to war and raiding. And, and the myth of the Amazons, which is extended into the Wonder Woman movies, um, she's an Amazon from a, war, a warrior tribe of women, the myth of the Amazons is rooted in history. It's rooted in Scythian women who rode out to battle, who went out um, to fight, as many Scythian women did. So you can see the kind of difference between the Greek culture that Paul is living in, in this Greek world, and the Scythians, who had very different views of, of women than the Greeks did. Greeks were very clear that women were not to leave the house. I mean, they, they were very clear that women shouldn't be out in the marketplace talking philosophy and things like that. It was a very segregated society of male and female, whereas the Scythians was a very different one. And so they're mentioned here. Sorry, I got excited about the Scythians today, but um, there's a great National Geographic article on them with lots of gold stuff that they had because they stole a lot of stuff from other people and made beautiful things out of them. But their burial mounds can still be seen today. They're all over the Soviet, the former Soviet Union, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, the other stands that are out there, all the way into Afghanistan. Um, so he mentions this group of people, and he says that in Christ, even the Scythians are equal to the Greeks. Now, this would have been a radical concept in that time to say, you know, in Christ, if you're a Scythian, you're a Greek, you're all the same in Christ. If you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're a slave, or if you're free, if you're a barbarian. Barbarian is a Greek word for anybody who's not Greek. The Greeks said, everybody that doesn't speak Greek sounds like they're saying bar, 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 bar. It was a mocking term. And we kind of use it like Conan the Barbarian, but um, it was a way of saying you're not smart. A lot of people that speak English think that people that don't speak English aren't that smart. This is part of the racist um, heritage of being a monolingual culture, as we think that people that don't speak English as well as we do aren't as smart as us. And this is what the Greeks thought. There was racism. There was classism in Paul's day. And here he is saying, because of this resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross, all these barriers that we have erected over time and over eternity are suddenly done away with. This would have been a good liberating message for the Scythians, for the barbarians, for the slaves, for the women. Not so much, perhaps, for the people who are on the top part of that duality, um, who have the power. 
This is the problem of a liberating message is that the people that hold the power don't want to give it up. And that's true in Paul's time. That's probably one of the reasons he was so persecuted, because he kept saying stuff like this, which was radical in its time. He's saying that that um, we are new people in Jesus, that there is neither circumcised or uncircumcised. This would have been a very radical statement, since circumcision was a sign of the covenant of God that God made with Abraham. And to be in God's covenant was to be circumcised. And Paul would have said this just months before that that was the case, when in fact now he's saying a new reality has dawned. We're no longer, um, we're no longer circumcision matters, and being uncircumcised doesn't matter either. This is uh, Paul Tillich's theme. He picks this up many years later and says that, you know, there are two extremes which are both equally anti-Christ, anti-Christian. One is to be circumcised, and that is to say claim a uh, affinity with God just because of this physical mark that was put on you at birth at, in the first moments of your life. And that is the religion, to say, I belong to this, they belong to me, and that's it. And religion is anti-Christ in the, in the sense that that's all you need to be right with God, to be part of this community, and that's it, that's all I have to do. And then anti-religion is also anti-Christ, non-religion, saying there is no, no spiritual reality beyond the material world that we live in. There's nothing else but what you can see, feel, and touch. That is also anti-Christ. In Christ, there is a new creation, a new creature, really. You are now a new creature. You are a new kind of human, a human just like Jesus was a new kind of human, who is the, the second Adam, just an, as an Adam all died. So in Christ shall all be made alive. You are alive today. You are in Christ. The distinctions that you were born with do not matter in Christ. Christ is all and in all. And, it's, it, and this radical message is what Paul said. And it was, hard, it was a hard pill to swallow in the first century. It's still a hard pill to swallow in our century, that we are one in Christ and we ought to act like it. We ought to behave like it. Amen.